the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. I know this is Crosswalk Colorado Springs on 100.7 The Word. Here's your host, Bob Bender. Good afternoon, Colorado Springs. Bob Bender here. Hope you're having a blessed day and a blessed week. Wow, this beautiful weather and this beautiful city. There's no greater place on the planet to be and to be a follower of Christ. As you probably know, Money Magazine puts out the top cities in the United States every year. And Colorado Springs always, there for a while, we made the top three right up there with Raleigh, Durham, and Austin. And we're still up there. So I hope you appreciate the opportunity we have to live in this wonderful place, to live in a place where the faith community is strong, where we are gathering together as pastors, as faith leaders. In fact, I had two great meetings this week. They happened to be on the same night, Monday evening. Our tribe, our faith community, our association of churches in the Pikes Peak area gathered and just celebrated what the Lord was doing. Just blessed my heart and then had the opportunity of attending our annual leadership summit where we meet with faith leaders, nonprofit leaders, and those elected officials, about 100, 150 of us met uh, Tuesday night and just had a wonderful, wonderful time. Our mayor was there, and we'll unpack that more in a moment. So I tell you what, I'm having to... I'm having to backslide to go to sleep at night. I'm so excited. Such a great week. Hope you're having a good one as well. Again, our Pastors Appreciation Dinner, Flying W Ranch, October 26th. Encourage your pastor to attend. Pastor, I look forward to seeing you there. No pastor left out. We have scholarships. I want to see you there with guest speaker, Pastor Jack Hibbs. And then this Saturday at 1.30, Israel awake. Let's gather for worship, prayer, for the peace of Jerusalem, like the Word encourages us, at the Gateway Prayer Garden this this Saturday afternoon at 1.30. Well, each time we gather, I promised you this is the Word 100.7, so I promise you the Word each time we gather. As an introduction, I'm praying through Job sloshing through Job. Elihu has a great word in Job 35, 9 and 10. Elihu describes God as the one who gives songs in the night. Our God gives us songs in the night, Job 35, 9 and 10. Now, what was Job's song in the night? His song was, Though he slay me, I still will worship him and be faithful to him. Now, Job's wife had a song in the night as well, Curse God and Die. So which song in the night season are you going to sing? Paul and Silas sang songs in the night of praise to God, and he delivered them. So, my friend, I want to encourage you, 
Find a song in the night and sing it. You know, when I'm in the nighttime, and it will surely come as, as sure as the night will come today, it will come on, on your life. You know what my song in the night is? This too shall pass. Get a song in the night and sing it, and you, it will carry you through the nights of your life. Lord, we all go through seasons, so give us your grace, give us your word, give us your song in the night that will carry us through, for surely as the night comes, the day will break. We love you, Lord, we praise you, and we thank you for this day, this ministry, and the kingdom work you are doing in our lives, in our churches, in our faith traditions, tribes, and in our city. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Well, I'm so excited today to have as my guest Thomas Thompson. Thomas Thompson. And so, Thomas, tell us a little bit about yourself. Thanks, Bob. Yeah, good to talk to you. Um, I have lived in this city for about 16 years. I came here uh, then to pastor a church here in town for 10 years and did that and then uh, stepped out of that role and started a leadership consulting company and and still doing that today. And then most recently uh, took a job with the mayor in his uh, administration. So I'm working out of the mayor's office as his community advisor. So from the pulpit to politics. Yes, there you go. <laughs> who, who would have thunk it? Who thought it? May, may I remind you, Thomas, that I recommended you to Pulpit Rock. That's may true. I remind you of that? Just, you did. You start me. You got me here. Okay. All right. Just saying. I'm just saying. God uses people to get us where He wants us to be. Mm. So, from the pastor to politics, a, pu- a public servant, your mm-hmm. government employee. Yes. And you are community affairs advisor to the mayor's office. Yes, sir. And what does that mean? So one of the things the mayor wanted to do in this new administration is be a lot more transparent, more approachable, and more proactive. And he is one person, and he can't be all that to everyone. So mm-hmm. he created a special office called Community Affairs, and there's three of us in there. Wow. Uh, to go and to kind of to take his office out to the people and find ways to bring people into the office, in a sense. So mm-hmm. uh, I, when I go places, I'm trying to represent him and then bring back them to him, if that makes sense. Yeah, you yeah. bet. Be the right arm of his flesh yeah. and represent him best you can yeah. in the community, in the faith community, nonprofit world, yeah, and so, businesses. Yeah, my two areas of focus are neighborhoods, mm-hmm. so working a lot with neighborhoods, and then faith communities. And so he really wants to make sure the faith communities are part of the table and helping us to solve our city problems together. Well, as a former pastor, both you and Yemi, then that makes sense. Now, Tell me, well, let's just begin with his values. What what are our mayor's values? I, I, I've heard two or three of them, and I want to review. What's his, what values drive him? Yeah, the values that drive him are empathy, courage, and humility. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is how he ran his campaign. This mm-hmm. is how he wants his uh, team to run. This is how he wants our city employees to act. Again, so, please, those yeah, three. Empathy, courage, and humility. Mm-hmm. And a lot of what he does is driven by his his hero Abraham Lincoln. So wow. that's that they share a birthday, and that's so what I thought I remembered they're, they're together. Yeah. Wow, that's great. Little known fact, you might throw me under the bus for mentioning this, but as I recall, correct me if I'm wrong, but the runoff. You know, we had uh-huh. his watch party. It was supposed to start at seven, and you and I were there. Yeah. And he didn't show up till eight. And where is he? Well, where he was 
was he went to Sally's watch party, if I'm not correct, and then went to Wayne's to wish them well. Yes. Now, when's the last time we've heard a politician do that, Thomas? It's amazing, and and he is who he says he is. I think one of the things that he does well is he turns opponents into collaborators. Mm -hmm. And so even though he ran a mayoral campaign against Sally and Wayne, both of them have been involved and invited to be a part of his work. Sally actually works in the mayor's office now with, with me. And Wayne has been involved in a number of kind of conversations and initiatives. So uh, I just love seeing that. That is collaboration. Mm-hmm. That is uh, putting out there the olive branch rather than a club to yeah. beat other people up with. And so, wow, that is, that is so encouraging. And his vision is a, a thousand block parties in 24. Yeah. What's with that? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so one of the things that, that he is also on that I get to work with is with his mental health initiative. And we're, it's kind of an exciting time where, uh, councilman David Lineweber on the city council side, the legislative side, and then the mayor on the administrative side, the executive side, both have placed mental health as a high priority in their, in their administration. So it's fun to work together. And, uh, one of the biggest things that we've identified, you and I heard it this week, that is a leading cause of mental health challenge and illness and suicide is isolation. Mm-hmm. And recently uh, they did a global study where they discovered if, if you just know six of your neighbors, if you just know six of your neighbors, that your percentage of mental health challenges goes rapidly down. Mm. And so we're just thinking, how can we get our city to really love and neighbor well? And mm-hmm. so the the kind of the idea next year, we're, I don't know how we're going to do it yet. We're figuring it out, is to have a 1,000 uh, neighborhood gatherings across the city. Well, hey, just just plan something and then backfill it on how we're going, how we're going to do it. That's been my mantra in the pastorate, and that uh, most of the time it worked okay. Normally yeah. you'd think you'd have it planned before you pub- go public with it, yeah. but that's okay. Hey, stay with us. We're going to unpack our mayor's vision for our city, how Thomas Thompson is a conduit to make our city a greater place. See you in a few moments. This is Crosswalk, Colorado Springs, on 100.7, The Word. Welcome back. Bob Bender here with Thomas Thompson, Community Affairs Advisor to the Mayor, Yemi Mobilati. And, in fact, he was on GMA. It made national news, didn't it? A Nigerian immigrant mayor of Colorado Springs. Who would have thunk it? Yeah, it, it, it made international news. In fact, uh, international. yeah, what was funny to us is, you know, it, it was kind of, you know, national news that uh, an immigrant had been elected or that he was the first, um, you know, in all these different ways. But the news out of Nigeria, yeah. the headline was Nigerian man wins city wow. election and so wow, they were they, that country was very excited and proud indeed indeed and of course uh i've got a, a a yeti sticker on my my journal that i take to work and take notes on you know yeti the yeti uh-huh. sticker you know the, they have I yeah, yeah 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 i changed the the t to an m oh good i need to take a picture <laughs> of it and show yemi i'm, That'd be I'm great. a yemi fan have been from the beginning but yeah. but man thomas he began at the bottom of the heap of how many? Sixteen? Twelve, uh, 12 candidates. Okay, twelve. Um, and, I mean, here's the yeah. What happened uh, when he started? They do a thing where they measure your name recognition to okay. see how likely you know it is. And he was polling at like five percent name recognition when he started. Wow. Uh, and this 
I, I'll tell you this. I, th- I think he, he just worked hard. He's the hardest working candidate I've ever seen. He had you know over 100 meet and greets with groups of people. He yep. knocked on doors every weekend, all, you know, all Saturday mornings. And I think he just really got out there and, and met people. And he closed that recognition gap. That was a big part of it. Yes. Uh, his methodology, obviously, what we, we knock on 10,000 doors, something like I, that. Yeah, I don't even want to quote it. It's a lot. Yeah, yeah. And his message. Mm-hmm. So as you represent him, you can't speak for him, but what, how would you summarize his message? What His, his message resonated with us, and I, you know, uh, I, I couldn't summarize even if I had to, but how would you summarize his message? You know, I hear him often talk about how he wa- he sees Colorado Springs growing and how he wants to see us grow in the right way, you know, to really become a culturally rich and economically diverse and inclusive, safe city on a hill. Mm-hmm. That's kind of a phrase he uses a lot. And I would think, you repeat that, please? That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Culturally rich, economically diverse, inclusive, and safe city on a hill. Let's mm-hmm. paraphrase a little bit of his words, but wow. he says that often. And I love that. Yeah. I think it resonated with people. And I, I think also the fact that he ran a, a positive campaign did. and he refused did. Uh, yep. to kind of sling the mud at exactly. all. I think a lot of people really appreciated that and wanted Pers- to see that. Personally, I think God honored it. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a good deal. Well, what what issues? Uh, one, I, I, I want a, a bone to pick with you, Thomas. Okay. I, I want you to tell Yemi this because it's very concerning to me. The number one issue in our city. Is potholes. I, I, yeah, I'm just saying, Thomas. <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah. I drove down our neighborhood at the corner of Taylor and I forget which cross street, and it has a little dip, you know, a hump, I should say. And I drove over the hump, and there is this big pothole. I tell you, I've got to get a front end alignment. So, <laughs> what can we do about the potholes? Uh, I also had an, <laughs> uh, an axle break on one. No, um, really? You know what's crazy? He, uh, we've since he's taken office about 115 days ago or so. Uh, we've filled in over 30,000 potholes in this city. And he, they filled in this one. Oh, good. The yeah. one that got me. Yeah, I'll make wow. a quick ad plug yeah. for this. There's yeah. an app you can get on your phone okay. called GoCOS. Okay. G-O-C-O-S. Okay. And it is the perfect place. The, the One of the top things you can report is potholes. And right. if you want to get – you can – it's like geolocating, and you can go stand by the pothole and upload it, and that's one of the fastest ways to get those things done. Oh, that's great. Boy, I appreciate that. You yeah. know, sometimes you guys get in the weeds and chop those weeds down yes. in order to have a better city, better community, less potholes. Well, yeah. I love that. Well, you shared Yemi's vision for our city. And by mm-hmm. the way, if you want to call and have a question for us, 844-500-WORD, 844-500-WORD. Be glad to take your comments, your questions, 844-500-9673. Be glad to chat with you over the phone lines. What are some other issues, Thomas, that you're at the forefront or our mayor has on his heart and his mind other than, I mean, a thousand block parties? Mm -hmm. That's significant. Yeah. That's no small uh, thing to accomplish, and so I'm anxious to hear how we're going to accomplish that. We're going to have one in our neighborhood, and, of course, Yemi's in our neighborhood. He yeah. said, invite me, I'll come. So, hey, that's cool. Well, I know he's going to be, you know, this is going to have to be a huge lift from the community. It's going to be people like you. It's going to be pastors encouraging their churches. It's going to be neighborhood associations. It's going to be neighbors stepping up and saying, I want to know my neighbors because I don't want our city to feel isolated. Yes. So yes. this is not, you know, the mayor doing it. It's going to be our city. Mm-hmm. And I hope that there's some revenue stream, hopefully, for our churches to get involved in this as well. Faith community leadership. Mm-hmm. What are other issues? What are other issues other than this? I love this na- neighborhood situation yeah. here. So the 
Uh, one thing I, I really appreciate about the mayor is he's very clear on what the mayor can and cannot do. And sometimes we can get confused and think, well, the mayor can fix all these things and fix this and fix. And he says there's really three things the mayor's job is to do by the city charter, by the city code. Give us some clarification, please. Public safety. Okay. Public parks and public works. Okay, repeat those. Public safety, okay. public parks, and public works. And by our city code, that's really all the mayor has to do. Now, he adds a fourth one in called the bully pulpit, which is can he lend his voice to uh-huh. things like yeah, mental right. health or sure. can he lend his sure. voice? But that's just really lending of a voice. So uh, public safety is probably one of the top things he ran on yes. was we need to be a safe city. Right. And he has this vision for some kind of police training center. Uh, yeah, working on uh, the number one thing. Uh, he has met with over 300 you know, of our police officers and firefighters directly just to talk with them about their needs. And one of the top things that keeps coming up from the police is we need better training. We yep. need to be trained with how to deal with mental health issues. We need to be oh, trained man. in how to de-escalate situations yes. without having to use, you know, force. And yes, so yes. they're asking for, for better training. Oh, that's great. Hope we can provide that for sure. So you've gone from uh, the pulpit to politics. Mm-hmm. Uh, people ask, well, Thomas, why did you leave the ministry? Yeah. <laughs> and they ask that all the time, and I say I never did. I'm doing more or as much as I've ever done. Wow. So I, I really see my role here as a calling. It's a it's an opportunity to continue to serve God in a new way. Uh, to me, it feels like even though I was much younger than Moses, it kind of feels like the Bernie Bush moment where Moses thinks his life's going to be one way, and God says, I got more. I got wow. more for you. Wow. Well, how did this develop? I mean, here you are. Obviously, you pastored Pulpit Rock for 10 years. And then you're into leadership coaching. Well, how did this develop, this new position? You know, I started to get into my late 40s. And uh, when you you get to the point where you realize you have more miles in the rearview mirror than you do in the windshield ahead of you, Mm -hmm. it causes you to stop and think, what is is the next season going to look like? Mm -hmm. And I just started praying and thinking. And I just knew three things. I I was like, Lord, I don't know what I'm going to do next, but I, I, I love this city. I love working with leaders and I love serving you. And, you know, I started with that prayer and it eventually led me to step out of the pulpit and start working with leaders directly and then eventually into this role working for the city. Cool. What do you like? What do you like most about what you're doing? Um, you know what? I, I That's a great question. Um, wh- one of the things I'm finding I do a lot is that many people in our city, including myself, don't know how the city works or don't know who to turn to. Yeah, I don't feel like that they're being heard. Mm-hmm. And so I, I get this opportunity to respond to groups and citizens and say, hey, let me let me hear your concerns. Let you, We want to make sure that you're heard. And let me take those concerns back and let's try to figure out if we can do something about it. And mm-hmm. We can't fix everything mm-hmm. always. But uh, there's a lot of things that we can do if we can just listen and talk to each other. So I love getting to, I feel like I'm getting to serve our city and our people in this way. That's great. And I think that, uh, didn't you have a listening tour and that was well-received, well-populated? Talk to us about that in, in regard to pe- being heard. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, a lot of times people have um, gone to town halls and town halls are great, you know, and you show up and... What a town hall is, is basically where, you know, 20 people that are feel comfortable getting in front of a mic get to talk and everybody else just kind of has to sit there. And so one of the things the mayor said was, I, I want to go listen to people. I want to go hear what the people think are the needs of the city, especially as we're working on creating our strategic plan for the next five years. And so we did a, a listening tour. We went to every district in the city and partnered up with our city council. They were great. And we just we met in schools and and community centers and and had constructive dialogue where we sat around tables and people got to talk and then they presented everything that they talked about to the mayor and you feel like the mayor 
heard these and maybe has a perspective he didn't have before oh, yeah. because of these. Yeah, That's what Definitely. it's all about. Conversation, communication, working together for a better Colorado Springs. Well, in a moment, we'll be talking about some of the challenges in our city and how we're moving ahead to make Colorado Springs an even better quality place to live. Crosswalk Colorado Springs on 100.7. The Word. Welcome back. So glad you are a part of our listening audience today as Thomas Thompson, Community Affairs Advisor to Mayor Yemi Mobilati is here as we and listeners. I want you to know that your leaders in the faith community, your nonprofit leaders and your elected officials are working together. Thomas, I have never been a part of a city that collaboration has been such a high value, and it's not an aspirational value. It is a reflectional value of the leaders of our city. Uh, We meet together as pastors. We pray over our city. We meet with our elected officials, our nonprofit leaders, to make Colorado Springs, as you said, culturally rich, economically diverse, a city on a hill that is inclusive and safe. Because what's the trajectory of Colorado Springs uh, population-wise? Yeah, we're, I mean, we're at half a million, and the projections are, I don't know the exact date, but in the next maybe 15 years or so, is that we're going to surpass Denver in population. So mm-hmm. we are no longer going to be the second largest city in the state. We're mm-hmm. going to be leading the state. Wow, wow. God has richly blessed Colorado Springs. I believe each community has its own DNA. Mm-hmm. And I think since its inception, I believe, if I'm not incorrect, General Palmer was a Quaker. He was a man of faith. Mm-hmm. And I think he had a vision. I don't want to speak for him, but I think he had a vision for this kind of city. And if he... We're alive today, Thomas. I think he would be very proud and very pleased. Well, I hope so. That's a that's a high bar. Yep, yep. I tell you what, we're excited and blessed to be here, and we are looking forward to what God has in store for us. Well, as we as we any other challenges, any other opportunities that come to your mind, Thomas, before we go on to a different topic here as it relates to our beloved city, its future and the opportunities and challenges that are before us. Yeah, I, I think during during the campaign, the mayor spent a lot of time knocking on doors, asking people, what do you think these challenges are, and really listening and, and kind of identify these three issues that we're facing as a city as we grow. Number one, public safety. we got to be safe. Number two, housing. Our, mm-hmm. our housing right now is, is, is crazy. Uh, it's not affordable. And then our economic vitality as a, as a city. And mm-hmm. so... One of the things that I know the mayor's always talking about is being proactive. And he likes to say, if you're not at the table, you're on the menu. So trying to be proactive. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Trying to go to Denver, trying to go to D.C. and say, hey, we're not we're not just going to receive from you direction. And lo- we're going to actually kind of come to the table and start to be proactive about this stuff. Well, I like that. That is a great quote. Yeah. Well, Thomas, talk to us. I know in the, in the, the elephant in the room 
is homelessness, in my opinion. In my opinion. We see it everywhere. It breaks our hearts. Every major intersection, they're there. You go downtown, they're there. They're, uh, the need is great. Talk to us about what we have done already and some W's in this area. And how do you, how do you address this complex issue? And it is complex. Oh, sure it is. And, uh, you know, it's, it's not a one size fits all answer. I think, uh, you know, we talk about how, first of all, we want to be compassionate, uh, and be a mayor to everybody that's in this city and, and yet also create that city that's safe. And, uh, I think we have issues of mental health that are challenges. I think there are issues with, uh, drug use and substance abuse, uh, there are also issues with housing affordability. I mean, yeah. uh, as the as the prices go up, it's you know more and more people become homeless mm-hmm. uh, through that that kind of avenue. So uh, I think that's a that's a major issue that we are having conversations about. In fact, in a couple of weeks, we have a a summit with a lot of city leaders uh, around the issue of mental health and homelessness mm-hmm. that our chief housing officers leading. Wow, wow! And we appreciate what, quite frankly, we've made. We've made some progress in the recent years, thanks to primarily Springs Rescue Mission, don't you think? Springs Rescue Mission is huge. That's a great example of the collaboration between the faith communities and the civic communities and the business communities, all of whom pushed money. Uh, churches in the city gave over a million dollars to the city. Yeah, we, fact, we built their fence. Yeah, Our church yeah. contributed to it. You, you, and I mean, you hate to have a fence there, but it has to be safe for those inhabitants. Yeah, no. And, and all credit to Mayor Southers, I yeah. think, who really, yes. really fostered this idea of wanting to collaborate with nonprofits. Yep. And, uh, it, it's funny, I heard him once say, now, churches are usually asking us for money, but you're actually giving money away. I mean, what's going on there? He's hey, kind of joking, but great, great man. That's being missional. Mm-hmm. Uh, Thomas, that is the the hands, the heart, the voice, the feet of Jesus to the least, the lost, the lonely, the left behind, and the left out. Mm. And we know that was on our Lord's agenda, on his heart, and it is our church's excited opportunity and others to work with Springs Rescue Mission. It's our church's opportunity to work with Sanctuary Church, where they bought that motel down there at the end of, I forget whether it's Tejon or Nevada, yeah. to serve, I think, primarily prisoners. Getting out of prisoners, prison, no mm. place to stay. So they have a halfway house, and I don't want to speak for Dr. E, the pastor there, but, but I want to, to, listeners, I want you to know, we are at work in making our city a better city. We're at work collaborating. It takes better together uh, to continue to have a city that honors the Lord and that meets needs. And as our mayor says, he is everybody's mayor. Yeah. You know, one thing I, I want to yeah. throw out, too, is yeah. that uh, here's an example of something great that, that is happening. Uh, our fire department has yeah. a group of teams that go out, and they consist of like a, a paramedic and a mental health practitioner, uh, t- people like this, and they go out and directly engage with our homeless community, just trying to Things like, hey, are, are you on your medication? Can we help you get your prescription? Mm-hmm, what do you mm-hmm. need? And just, or do you need some medical attention? And so the, they're, they're trying to be very proactive. And this started a few years ago, this program. But we have like homeless outreach teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fire department has a group that meets prisoners at the door uh, who are leaving jail. 
Yep. And so they don't get caught up again in some of the bad things and they help them transition into where they're going to live and get out their medication. So there's a lot of, of ways to interact and help our homeless people. Yes, yes. And we had Pastor Jeff of Open Bible Baptist Church as my guest last week, and he was the one who started, I might give it the misnomer here, the CRT team. Yep. So when people are in crisis, you have three people showing up representing different aspects of our faith community right. and police, et cetera, in case it gets out of hand. But he envisioned that. Do you know that? He started that. It's gone national. I, I didn't know that, yes, s- that story. Yes, absolutely. But see, that's a, gr- that's a great way. You know, instead of having just police officers have to respond to some kind of issue, we have other ways that we, we can build up to yeah. reach out to our community. Well, it's a holistic approach yeah. to needs. Yeah. It's rarely a single issue. Yeah. There's got to be a reason for every tone of voice. We want to be there for our community, for our constituents, to serve them and to get them involved in, in serving others. It's mm-hmm. not just, as you say, on the receiving end, but on the giving end as ever, as also as well. Well, let's pray. Lord, thank you for our city. Thank you for our mayor. Your Lord, your word says pray for those in authority over us. And I pray for Thomas. I pray for our mayor. Protect him and help him to stay on point. And that'll be a great, great thing. We can pray for him in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I was visiting with one of my work associates who served in the in the Senate for eight years, not as a senator, but as a support staff. And I asked him, what's the one thing I need to be praying for our mayor? He said, pray that he stays on point. Because hmm. so many voices mm-hmm. are, are crying, and mm-hmm. so everybody wants a piece of yemi, you know. So praying he'll stay on point, that his vision is from the Lord. He's God's anointed and God's appointed. And he just stays on point so that he can accomplish what God has given him, a dream, a vision for our city. And I'll pray the same thing for you, Thomas. Thank you. So if you had one word to say, what would it be from your position, from your mayor, to our listeners? Summarize what you think they need to hear. Collaboration. Let's work together. Wow. Love it. We'll come back and we'll talk about leadership. Thomas Thompson is a leadership coach, and so we'll engage that issue when we return. This is Crosswalk, Colorado Springs, on 100.7, The Word. Welcome back to Crosswalk Live with Thomas Thompson, and I am Bob Bender. Thank you for being a part of our vast listening audience. We're going to switch gears here because Thomas Thompson is multi-talented. Uh, Thomas, you're like a utility infielder. Just give him an yeah. assignment and he'll do a good job. In fact, you've got, uh, you know, I'm glad I'm just a one-horse guy. You know what I mean? And you you have so many talents. And you're, you're also a, a leadership coach, I understand. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very good. You know, I've... Uh, of course, John Maxwell, I think he probably, I might be mistaken here, he probably brought leadership to the the front of our psyche and uh, uh, training and the need. He spoke uh, for so many of us as he, I don't know, the 90s maybe when yeah, he came to yeah. the fore. And so it's been on our radar kind of subconsciously, but now out out front. Uh, but Thomas, I'm confused here. Why don't you help me? I, I, I hear... Uh, the term spiritual director, I hear mm-hmm. that term. I hear the term mentor. I hear the term discipler. I hear the term life coach, leadership coach. 
are those different? Are they the same? Are they nuanced? Help, help me, yeah, give those, me some clarity here. I would say those are all very different things, and they're all very important things. Like I, I we we probably need one of those people in our life, uh, one of each of those people in our life to you know help us reach where we need to go. Where I really focus on leadership is this idea that if you struggle to lead yourself well, you will struggle to lead other people well. Mm-hmm. And a lot of leaders that I work with are CEOs or executives, and where they get stuck in leading people is they get stuck in their own self-leadership. And so we need to work on how we can lift that lid, to mm-hmm. use a John Maxwell phrase, yep. uh, how we can lift that lid of their own leadership so they have more room underneath them to lead others. Mm-hmm. So you're helping them individually, and mm-hmm. then that makes its way into those they lead and they serve. And Thomas, every one of our listeners is a leader. Would mm-hmm. you not agree? Yeah, yeah, especially because of what I just said. You know, one of the things that God has given you, one of the primary things God's given you to steward is the leadership of your own life. Mm-hmm. You know, your thoughts, your time, your energy, your resources, how you spend, you know. So so leading yourself, I think, is uh, number one priority for every leader. Yeah, And yeah. the better that you do that, I think the more faithful you are to lead yourself well, the more faithful God will be to give you more leadership opportunity. Mm-hmm. That's that's really good insight. I think the greatest thing, Thomas, that we have to offer as Christ followers is the Jesus in us Mm. as individuals. It is generic. It is Jesus. It is being filled with the Spirit. So do you find a lot of leaders haven't even found themselves, if I might phrase it like that? Are they they comfortable in their own skin? Do we begin there? Or where do we begin? You know, a lot of times I, I, I like to tell leaders when I start working with them that I, I want us to look within, I want us to look back, and I want us to look forward. Mm-hmm. And a lot of leaders are like, well, I want to jump to looking forward. And okay. they're like, well, okay, but we need to understand uh, how did God create you mm-hmm. uniquely so yes. that you're leading yourself out of your, you know, you're not wearing Saul's armor, you're yep. leading yourself the right way. And then let's look back and ask the question, what has God done in the last 20, 30, 40 years of your life? And in a sense, let's kind of exegete that like we would a a biblical character, but Mm -hmm. we're exegeting our own life to say, God, what can I learn from how you've wired me and what I've been through that will help me see where I'm going to go? Yes, I'm reminded of Isaiah, look to the rock from which you were hewn and Mm -hmm. the quarry from which you were dug. Mm -hmm. I'm uh, thinking of Acts where God has ordained each one of us in our season and in our place of habitation. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking of Psalm where David said, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. I'm also thinking of Ephesians 2.10, which says, we are God's workmanship. And the Greek word there, as you well know, is poema. Mm-hmm. We're God's poem. Uh, he has our picture on his refrigerator. I think for me in my journey, Thomas, it was, I think, being comfortable with my own skin, mm-hmm. accepting how God's made me and not trying to be somebody else wearing Saul's armor. So I, I think you begin with what is your story, I guess. Mm-hmm. And how how is that going to continue to have a trajectory so that how God has put you with a spiritual gift, maybe your birth order, maybe home of origin issues, all of this comes together holistically. I think Aristotle said, know thyself, didn't mm-hmm. he? Mm-hmm. Know thyself. Yeah. And I'm really, my, my, driving, my driving force for leadership is the parable of the three stewards and this idea that God's entrusted to them, each of them unique. And, you know, different talents mm-hmm. and yet expected them to steward those well. And I think it is an act of worship for us to pay attention to what, how God has uniquely designed us and give him thank, thanks for that and live out of that. 
It's also an act of worship to look at how God has led us in our life, the, the highlights and the heartbreaks, mm-hmm. and, and learn from that to say, um, God, I'm going to pay attention to that, and I'm going to see what you're going to do with that going forward. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I often start with leaders by looking back and looking in. Yeah, that's good. What they're, You're thinking of the one, three, five talent story. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think there's two of them, two, five, ten, or whatever. Yeah. And I think something that was liberating for me, Thomas, was to to understand Hey, I'm a three talent guy. I can only be responsible for my three talents. Now, yeah. I felt sometimes I was leading a five talent church, and mm-hmm. I would tell them, "You got a three talent guy leading a five talent church." But all we can do is steward what God has given us and to steward it well. And if we're faithful in the little, He He will open doors, mm-hmm. and let's not worry about that. My mantra has always been, "Hey," and I know this is spiritualizing it, but hey, you deepen your devotion to God, God will take care of your influence. Mm-hmm. Just focus on deepening your devotion to him. He'll take care of your influence. And part of that, obviously, is understanding these nuances, as you said. Not only is it spiritual, is it, I know I'm speaking for you, but relational, mm-hmm. physical, uh, every, every aspect. Uh, yeah, mental and, and skills, what you're good at. Yeah. And, and, and same with you. You know, I, I think for many years in my own leadership, I just tried to imitate the leaders. You know, I, I heard John Maxwell speak, so I'll go try to talk like him and be... And really coming into that comfort of God, I'm I honor you when I worship, and and I'm sorry, I honor you when I understand and am grateful for how you made me yes. to be me. That's what yeah. I'm called to steward. Yeah, yeah. So, what would you say is the greatest challenge? As as a, what's the difference between life coach and leadership coach? Which one are you, and and what do you, where do you start? You know, I, I think both are, are future focused. You know, co- uh, counselors look at your past yeah. primarily to try to help figure out how to get healed there. I think life and leadership coaches want to help people look forward. I think my specific thing, though, is I feel a calling to work with leaders of people, leaders of leaders. And so I that is an influence thing for me, because if I can work with a leader of leaders, then I'm having greater impact. And I want mm. to spend the rest of my life having that kind of impact, and helping people with the self-leadership so they can lead others well. Excellent. Now, what are some of the W's that you have experienced recently in in leading a CEO, obviously, without mentioning his name, or or perhaps there's a pattern you are seeing that, you know, this is an aha moment, and I don't know if it's the same one for all of them, might be different, but what are some specific W's you have seen in working with leaders? Perhaps there's a trend here of what they have to overcome in order to become better leaders. Uh, you know, two things come to mind. One, one thing is leaders like to say yes to things. They like to say yes to everything. Yeah. Uh, and just to quote our mayor, if you aim at everything, you aim at nothing. Okay. And so helping leaders transition in life from saying yes to everything to realizing the power of saying no. Yes. Uh, saying yes to everything means that you're saying no to some important things. Yeah. And I often point to the Gospels, and you, I'm surprised how many times Jesus said no to opportunities that confused his disciples, mm-hmm. but that's because he was very clear about his yes. Mm-hmm. So that's one trend I see a lot. Wow, wow. Narrowing the focus, mm-hmm. focusing the energy. Yeah. And does that have to do with our gift set and our opportunity? Yeah. And the vision we have for our individual lives and those we influence? Yeah, a, a simple you know coaching tool anyone that's listening can use is identify what are the five things only you can do. Wow, that's good. And then look at your calendar. Mm-hmm. Does that calendar reflect that you are focused most of your time on the five things only you can do? Mm-hmm. And most people get caught up in the little foxes that spoil the vineyard. Spoil the vineyard, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, head 10 different directions. So if you had one final word as a leader to leaders, what would it be? 
It's a summary. What would be a generic message every leader needs to know? If you're gonna, if you struggle to lead yourself well, you will struggle to lead others well. So start there. Start leading yourself. Self healing, self hope, self care, and ask the Lord to help you, and then you can help others. Thomas, you've been a great, great guest today. I've learned so much. Hope our listeners have been encouraged, blessed, edified, and a little bit of enjoyment along the way. God bless you. Have a great day. I'll see you tomorrow at 5. 100.7, The Word. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.